0: You want your five-star matches? <laughs> you want your 30-minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty men slapping me. <laughs> This is good ladies and gentlemen this is another episode of the slapping me to wrestling podcast I am your host Randall Beatley and I know the midweek episode was not posted I understand that I'm sorry for you guys if you were disappointed in it had a lot going on this week and just didn't really have a lot to really talk about um, we will get back on our normally scheduled programming um, this uh, being like the, you know the sort of weekend episode, we're gonna sort of combine every two episodes into one. Um, I I was do- I had stuff planned for a Tuesday or Wednesday episode, just never got around to recording it. Um, been a pretty busy week for me, so we'll go ahead and talk about that, and then you know do some you know add on to it what I was gonna talk about in this episode. Um, with it, with the weekend episode sort of being you know what's new in wrestling, what has happened over the last week, in a more current thing, um, the in in the more current wrestling, where it, as like I've already explained the the midday episode, the midweek episode could be anything from you know fantasy booking to. Um, how would I have done this for you differently to top five this, top five that, right? Um, And maybe even like reviewing shows, we might go into something like reviewing shows from the past. Um, Especially if we can um, get me to a 1,000 followers on TikTok and I can go live on TikTok and do sort of reviews that way. Maybe watch some shows that I wasn't, Alive for you know in the 80s and the 90s, um, that'd be something I would like to do. Um, so let's let's go in and so what let's overview what we're going to talk about in this episode, real quick. We are going to talk about in our review, not a full in depth review, but just sort of my overall take on Raw SmackDown and NXT for this week um and then um what I like what I didn't like um and then move on we'll we'll, well well there's some things with Tony Khan that I really want to address and and I already know if you're like an AEW supporter you're like oh my god here we go again he has something negative to say about Tony uh, but here's my philosophy it's like a double-edged sword. Because I wish Tony Khan would really shut up. But the more he runs his mouth, the more content I'm able to put out. So, um... Anyway, well, we'll I didn't watch AEW, but we'll go over some of the parts that really made the the news, um per se. Um... With Wednesday's episode. Um... I think that's everything that that I had planned to go over. So let's let's go over it. Let's start with Monday. First off, I would like to say if you go and look at Monday's uh, ratings, and, I, and to me, the demo doesn't matter. Total viewers is the only number that I really care about. But in the key 18 to 49 demo that um, AW likes to parade around. All three hours of Raw this week were higher for Raw than they were for Dynamite this this uh, this week. Um, and so uh, so to me, you know, Tony Khan likes to pr- promote the you know the um we're the number one t- show on Wednesdays. Tony, you have no fucking competition. You go against Survivor, um, all of the Chicago shows: Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Masked Singer. Those are your—that's your competition on Wednesday nights, Tony. That's your competition, and the most viewed of the Chicago's is Chicago PD. I think, if 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 I saw the numbers correctly, and that's on at ten o'clock after your show is over. So you're not really competing with it, right? So. Tony, you have no competition. The shows that are on on Wednesdays don't really draw the eighteen to forty nine crowd as much as you would like and I also don't think that the eighteen to forty nine crowd is the key demo anymore i would I feel a lot of people who watch on it on things that Nielsen compiles their ratings are. I would say they're closer to the 25 to 52 bracket than the 18 to the 49. But, again, that the ratings don't matter to me. I just bring that up to say, you know, you didn't win again this week because you guys like to claim that you you win the – AEW likes to claim that they win the, the ratings all the time in the demo and they didn't win it this week. Raw is on top of you this weekend with far superior competition on Mondays. Far superior. NCIS, NCIS uh Hawaii, uh, The Voice, um, Monday Night Football, and et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so, let's move on from that. Let's, let's talk about Raw. Um, so, first off, it took me... So, I recorded Raw. Um, it's just hard to watch All three hours at one time for me. So I record it. Skip the commercials. Watch what I want to watch. And I started it Tuesday. um, And watched a little bit. And I didn't finish watching till Thursday night. It just. Like I said. Watch what I want to watch. I just. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad episode. It. Is definitely pushing storyline. I do like that about Triple H's show. um, That he does really push this. But here's where I'm really finding my problem with WWE right now. Um, It isn't that the programming sucks. Right? And I'll say this with SmackDown as well. Is that I spent a lot of my time watching with or not really watching, but paying more attention to trying to find clues to what the white rabbit is, that I missed the rest of the storyline. And it's great that you have the story of the White Rabbit and, and and the mystery and everything in it. Um, but with Triple H giving all of these clues in the background, um it's it causes people um to every single segment like I'll t- I'll tell you I'm recording this Friday night after SmackDown there was a WWE shop ad that popped up this uh uh tonight during SmackDown it was the first commercial break they aired a um, WWE shop ad and there was a QR code on it which I'm assuming uh, went to the WWE shop. Um and I saw it and I said, "Well, shoot. I should rewind that. Maybe that's a clue. Had nothing to do with the white rabbit, but maybe they're there that's where they hid the QR code." Right? And then the next segment on TV, they show the carrying cross promo and we get the QR code at the end of that. Um I just Whatever it is, at this point, I don't even, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm 100% certain, but I'm about 99.9% sure this has something to do with Bray Wyatt, and I'm a, about 80, 90% certain Karrion Cross is a part of it. Um, who else is a part of it? I have no idea. Um, and that's going to be the, fo- but we need some sort of reveal. It doesn't have to be revealing the whole thing, I do think it's going to be a faction of some sort Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be the revealing of the whole group but rather reveal like something, give us something more than just a clue, whether if it's you know, I don't think you should debut Wyatt right now I think you should debut the group and sort of like Karrion cross meets with someone else and they sort of form the group. And then, but they're being ultimately controlled by Bray Wyatt, which gets, you know, they, um, revealed at a later time. We need some sort of reveal of what is going on um, so that this doesn't become one of those things where people lose interest. I right. am not. I don't think I'll lose interest in it. I think it's fun to search, but I feel that I lose interest in the rest of the show because I spend the rest of the show trying to figure out what the clue meant. And then you go down this rabbit hole. of well, th- Is this connected to this? Is this connected to this? And eventually we're going to have a bunch of clues and some of them aren't going to have anything to do with the gimmick. Right? We're going to have... Rabbit holes that have nothing to do with the gimmick that people think are part of the gimmick, right? And, like, uh, this, that, to me, the just, what is going on, just the sort of creative genius creativity behind what we have already seen, tells me it's Bray Wyatt, because he's really the only one that I've, that, that we have seen this sort of creativity from in the last few years. Um, I still think Malachi Black is part of this. I know he said he's not. I know he said he's not. I know, but I think he's part of it. I really do. Um, I still think he's part of it. Um, but yeah, so Raw wasn't a bad show. Um, some things I don't like about Raw... And it's probably the only thing I don't like about Raw at the moment is Dominic Mysterio. And one more thing, actually. Dominic, give it up, give up the, what is Dominic? Because before he turned on Ray and Edge, my critique was he had no character. He had no personality. Now he turns, and this was a great opportunity to give him a character and a personality and shoot him to the moon. And what instead that you do is you make him the same Dom, boring Dom that can't talk, can barely wrestle. He's okay in the ring, but he's not, like, great. Um, And now he's being controlled and dominated by Rhea Ripley as sort of a little bitch boy. And I just have no interest in seeing Dominic. I I physically get sick when I see Dominic Mysterio on the TV because I know that there's more in him. I know he has potential. I don't want to hate Dominic Mysterio, but there's just nothing to go off of, and his Judgment Day character is just as stale as before he turned, and it's really giving me... Ultimately, the payoff is going to be Dom versus Rey at some point, I assume, but... Dominic does nothing to make me want to care about who he is. And I've said this before, Rhea's really the only person on the Judgment Day that I care about. Right? Um, and so, I really just, I wish it was a little bit stronger built. And then my second question is, is with the Judgment Day, what are they supposed to be doing? Like, what's the purpose of the Judgment Day? Is it just to terrorize Ray and Edge and AJ Styles? Is that what their goal is? Is, Like, you... If that's the case, like... To me, there's really no reason to have the Judgment Day. Because when Edge sort of started the Judgment Day... And the gimmick sort of started months ago... We sort of got this idea that it was going to be some sort of supernatural group... And there's nothing of that being used here. Um, and so I just don't understand the Judgment Day, right? And then the second part of Raw that if they continue to do this is just irritating. And that is Omos and his squash matches. How many resets is Omos going to get, right? They'll do this. Like, Omos gets a, 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 a squash match. He dominates. They try to push him over as this monster. And it, it flops and they take him off the of TV for, you know, four, three, four weeks and then redebut him again and try to do the same thing. And it just, this is like the third time they've tried it and it's failing. No one cares about Omos. No one cares about Omos, right? And it looks like potentially they're headed towards Omos versus Strowman, but I don't even know if I want to see that. I really don't want to see that. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to Raw, that's the one thing that, th- th- those two things, Judgment Day and Omos, the only two things that I really don't like about Raw, Raw is f- so much better than it was even at the beginning of this year, um, I I really enjoy, you know, parts of Raw, right? Um then the only thing I would ask for is the... I understand Roman not showing up, but I would love the Usos to show up more. And I really wish that they would, you know, have more for the Usos outside of the... I understand they're pushing this bloodline story. Especially, like, the sort of infighting with Sammy and Jay now. Um, But I really wish... That as part of building that, that, you know, the Street Profits or something get a a tag match for the Raw tag titles. That way there's something other than just Bobby Lashley's title to fight for for the men's division on Raw. Because right now the only thing really being fought for on Raw is the United States Championship. And let's be honest, Bobby Lashley should not be United States Champion. Not because he doesn't deserve it. But because he deserves to be in the main event picture. But there is no world title picture because it's on Roman's shoulders. I'm the biggest Roman fan there is. They need to separate the belts. They need to separate the belts. Um, Alright, so let's go to NXT. Um, NXT wasn't bad. I think my thing with NXT is it's just slow at times. Um, I did like this episode. I like the... Um, I like everything Braun Breaker does to me. It's gold. He did the little. uh, I did the math, and you got a thirty-three percent chance. That they got a little pop out of uh, out of the uh, performance center crowd. Um, Shoot, I almost wanted to say full sale. They haven't been a full sale in years. Um, but they got a little pop out of that performance center crowd when he he made reference to Steiner math in that promo. Um really interested in Halloween Havoc's main event, which is gonna be dragging off um JD McDonough and Braun Breaker for the championship. That's gonna be interesting. Um I watched for Mandy, I'm going to be honest with you. Braun Breaker and Mandy Rose are sort of the two reasons I watched NXT. Nikita Lyons partially. Um, but Mandy is life. Um, I don't want her to lose that title anytime soon. I don't think there's anyone there ready to take over that title. I, I honestly believe that. Cora's close. I just... I don't... I don't get from Cora what everyone else gets from Cora. I love Cora Jade. I think she has the look. I think with the heel gimmick, and she got rid of the little skateboard, and now she's the, the heel. I really appreciate that gimmick change. I think she works better as a heel. I just don't know if she's ready to be champion yet. Right? Um she's sort of, I'll be honest with you. She sort of got that like Dakota Kai treatment where she became tag team champion but then they took it and and had her turn right right after they won it. And I just, so she's sort of having this Dakota Kai treatment where she's very good but they just don't really know what to do with her. Um, and it's sort of partially and due to the fact that there's so many women on that roster that are fighting for, for time, right? If you think about the women's roster in NXT, right, you got, of course, Cora, Mandy, JC, Gigi, Nikita, Zoe Starks, uh, Wendy, Chew, Tiffany, Stratton, Tatum, Paxley, Fallon Henley, which is underrated to me. Just underrated in every aspect to me. Fallon Henley is the future. I love Fallon Henley. Um, I love like she her with Briggs and Jensen. Briggs and Jensen is a that's my favorite tag team on NXT, and they haven't really done much here uh, until recently. But they're my favorite tag team on NXT, even when they were just sort of in the back back stage segments and weren't really doing much. Like they were my favorite tag team on NXT. Uh, But, you know, I can name off um, Kiana James and whoever she's working with now. I can't remember her name. uh, uh, Santino's daughter. I can't remember her her gimmick name. Right? There's so many people fighting for spots on the women's roster Uh, Ivy Nile, uh, Tatum Paxley. So many women, and you're fighting for. The women's championship and the tag team champions like you you don't have much to go for. There's so much space, right to the point where someone as good as Amari Miller is squash talent, which sucks because Amari's very good. Um, Sol Ruka debuted this week, um, and they did this thing. Um, again, I recorded NXT. I, I didn't watch, didn't see any of the of the spoilers or reviews or anything, but they did this thing where they showed like her now come or coming soon promo going into a commercial break and then coming out of the commercial break. And I was thinking to myself during the commercial break as I was skipping through the commercials, it would be, it would be cool if they, you know, did the coming soon and then co- coming soon literally means right after this commercial break. Um, and that's literally what happened where she debuted. And you can tell it was a debut. It wasn't a bad match. Um, but it was it was decent enough to, for a debut to get her over. I just wish I'm not sold on this surfer girl gimmick. I just you know, she's moving the waves. you know corny uh, corny um, commentary like that just really draws me off of people because it's really like they're trying to force them down with these with the gimmick. And and I don't know if I'm feeling it. I don't know if I'm feeling it yet. She looks good. That's only half the half of it to me though. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna give it some time. It was her debut. I'm gonna give it some time. But my favorite moment, my favorite moment from NXT this week was uh, the pep rally for Chase U. Now let me tell you a little bit of something about Andre Chase. Let me tell you a little something about Andre Chase. <laughs> I love this motherfucker. I, like when it comes to like guys who don't who don't get the credit they deserve, Andre Chase is one of them. Um he ran the indie scenes here in North Carolina where I lived for years as Harlem Bravado. Um that's where I was introduced to him. He worked for my local company here in Charlotte where I live. I don't even know if PWX is still doing shows. I haven't heard of them in about since the pandemic happened. Um, but um he worked for them and I just immediately just liked everything about him. He his entering style, everything, right? And then I you know, he was with Evolve, and then when Evolve got bought by WWE, they signed some people like like Theory and Briggs signed when it was bought, and that was sort of announced. And then I saw that they signed Harlem Bravado, or they, they they called him by his his actual birth name, which I don't know off the top of my head. But this Chase you gimmick, I'm all for it. It's the perfect gimmick for him. Um, because he is older in age, I don't think he... Des- I don't think he... De- Here's the thing. I think he deserves a run at the championship, but I don't think he needs the run at the championship him sort of mentoring Bodhi and um uh, what is her name I can't even think of her name Thea Thea Vale or something like that is her her gimmick name right in this sort of like chase you gimmick this thing is it's it's fire right so he gives us pep rally this is the segment this week he gives us pep rally and at the end he's like okay I'm going to I'm going to take time for for questions and this reporter steps up, and, and he's like, hey, hey. And, and Chase says, Andre Chase says, well, what's your name, sir? And the reporter says, well, my name's Dave. And he asks about the match he's going into with Von Wagner. You know, you've never pinned Von Wagner. Are you nervous or something like that? And Andre Chase, in traditional Andre Chase fashion, you know, goes what, w- um, something about, you think that that's a five-star question, Dave? Have you ever been in a f in a ring and you know it bleeps them out cussing all the time, right? That, uh, have you ever pinned anyone, right? And and it just goes off, and it's a, it was a complete rib on Dave Meltzer, and I completely loved it. If you're just a typical casual fan who um don't know doesn't know who Dave Meltzer is, you probably would not have gotten gotten it. But I say I'm casual, but I also have this sort of being that I do social media, some some social media stuff, and I am on Twitter, and I am on TikTok, and I I used to be a hardcore Mark right when it came to this, it came to the business, um, and I would sort of say I'm a tweener to where like I pop for certain things that casuals wouldn't. Like when Johnny Gargano came back out, like I knew who he was and I popped. Right, that's just sort of the 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 little bit of the the, the Mark in me. Right, I think some casual fan, like casual fans, if Stone Cold's glass breaks or if The Rock shows up, they're gonna they're gonna mark out. It, casual fans can mark out. That doesn't make them marks, right? What makes you a mark is consistently. That's all you ever do, right? And we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um. Anyway, this Andre Chase segment is my favorite segment of the entire week. Um, of wrestling, just downing dirt sheets, downing Dave Meltzer, um, just co- hilarious, hilarious. My favorite segment. Um, I need this to happen every single week with Andre Chase. Have him come out, and instead of it being Dave, have it be Brian next time to make fun of Alvarez, or have it be, um, you know, any of the other dirt. I really want someone who's like initials are SRS, and that's all we see is SRS, and it's like a letter, and it's like a whiny letter, because that's who Sean Ross Sapp is. He's a little whiny little crybaby, and Andre Chase would just go off. and like, who the hell is SRS? Who the hell cares about SRS? Right? Yeah, that would just go... That would make my fucking day if I saw that. Um, this needs to be like a weekly thing. Just, Dave, shut the hell up. Brian, shut the hell up. Oh... Who are you guys? Why do you care, right? Um, And I also sort of kind of see this as a rib. I really hope they rib the CM Punk thing here soon in some sort of way. Just rib it. Just do it. Just make fun of it. Because it was just, oh, that'd be great. That's something Triple H would do. Just rib it. Make fun of the CM Punk media scrum. Just do it. What are you going to lose? What, you're going to have Tony Khan rant on you? I'm not going to take this shit. All right, Tony. Um, And then SmackDown tonight, Friday night that I'm recording. um, Wasn't bad. Like I said, I spent 20, 30 minutes trying to figure out what the hell this white rabbit clue was. Like I said, so first off, it started with Solo and Sammy in a match. And I love every time they go overseas, especially when they go to Canada and they do these Canadian tours, and the Usos can't make it, and they have to come up with some stupid reason why the Usos couldn't be there that night. Um, and they, uh, Michael Cole did a good job. I don't know if this was pre-thought of, if he just did it himself. He seems a little bit more unplugged now that Vince is out of Gorilla, where he can say a little bit more than what, right? He, he doesn't just have to repeat the lines Vince tells him to say. Um, but he basically said, you know, they won, they retained the titles last week so they get the week off, which is a decent excuse because that's all you need, right? Um, what confused me though, and and here's my question, after the match, you know, they go to commercial after the match and the Sammy and, uh, Solo's walking down the hallway and... They get to the, the locker room and and Jay is there. And so my question is, how the fuck Jay getting into Canada? Because someone mentioned, well, maybe they filmed it on Monday. Well, they were in Canada on Monday. So they had to have filmed this. If they filmed it outside of not live, they had to have filmed it at least a week ago um, when they were in the United States. Or somehow, some way, Jay Uso was able to sneak into Canada. If you don't know, they both have the, the Usos have DUIs. And Canada doesn't allow you to enter the country with a DUI on your record. Um, and that's why they can't go into Canada when they do the Canadian tour. Which sucks for the Canadian fans. But at the same time, like, it's understandable. Like, your country has lost. It's not our fault, right? Um, so that's my first question. It's how the hell did Jay get in there. But that's the best storyline going on right now, I think, in wrestling is the bloodline. Because you have the overall bloodline arc of Roman Reigns and who's going to beat him and is it going to lead to The Rock. But you also have the sort of side drama with... The infighting with Jay and and Sammy and Roman sort of showing more love to Sammy than he does to Jay. Um, I I don't even want to predict where this will go. Um, I just want to sit here here and watch it. I love I love every time the every segment with the bloodline. It's great. It, I like I love it. Um, trying to think of what else happened tonight. Of course, you get the Carry Across promo that I was talking about. Um, which he basically said, I'm going to make you suffer. I'm going to send you to hell and back. And then we get the, the little um, White Rabbit QR code at the end of that promo. And y'all can go look it up yourself. It's hard to describe it, but it's basically a video. But it also has Morse code in it, which could tell a message. It's so much going on. Like this, create, How creative this is, it just blows my mind of how insanely creative this is. And I have this idea. Like, like The Fiend wasn't scary to me. Like, I don't think Vince allowed it to get to the point Bray wanted it to in terms of scariness. Or at least to where it could be. I have a feeling Triple H is going to let Bray Wyatt, if it is, in fact, Bray Wyatt, do whatever the hell he wants. And I really have this feeling that this is going to be some psychological horror thriller stuff. And I think it could get, you know, it could get on on like the, the level of very good horror movies. Horror thriller movies, right? I think we could see some paranormal stuff. I think we could see a bunch of just, I don't know. It the, the the possibilities are what make me excited for this. Um I'm a thousand percent guaranteed it's Bray Wyatt. After the so the clue had a pig, that's Huskis. Come on now. Um But it also had nineteen eleven as the name, like in the in the link you click the QR code, you go to the link, it's like wwe.com forward slash nineteen eleven. Well, that was the time in the, the clock on the funhouse. But he also came in in a Mad Hatter costume and, and had, which had the numbers nineteen eleven on. Uh, it's bright white. It has. To, there is. He's a part of this in some way, shape, or form. And I'm just excited for where it's going. It's a bit distracting at times if you don't focus on the show. Um, but yeah. Um, we have Bailey and Shoutsy towards the end of the show. Uh, Bailey picked up a win there. Uh, Brutes, Brawling Brutes and Sheamus versus Imperium. I think that happened, or was it Imperium versus someone else? I don't remember. Um, Sheamus came out. To, yeah, it was Imperium. Was it who? I don't even know who they fought. And they, Sheamus ended up coming out. And attacking Imperium one on three. And um, yeah, I don't remember a lot of the show. But like I said, all three of the episodes, I feel WWE consistently puts on B, B, B-plus shows throughout the week. Nothing's ever an A-minus. Nothing's ever an A as in terms of the whole show. We may have A, A, A-minus like segments but we never have that overall show that's, you know, 90 out of 100, right? If on, a, on a curve grading like scale like that, right? We never have, like, an A-plus show, I don't feel, right? What I also find weird is that next week's SmackDown is what they call the season premiere, which is weird because that would have made tonight's SmackDown the season finale. I don't know. This is weird to me, but it's supposed to be, like, a big-time deal, it's the day before extreme rules. So we're gonna have a bunch of storytelling and some matches and stuff like that. It's gonna be very interesting. very interesting show next Friday. I can't wait. Let's speaking of extreme rules, I did forget about this in the when we were overviewing what I'm gonna talk about. We're gonna go through this card. I'm not gonna give predictions till next week. Actually, you know what? We'll hold on. We'll hold on to this. We'll talk about this next week. Probably on Friday night after SmackDown, we'll do our predictions then, Um, because I I don't want to make predictions now and then like they change something in the card or add something to the card. Um, So we'll wait. We'll hold off on Extreme Rules and talking about the card. Uh, I'll just give an overview. I think it's a very damn good card from top to bottom. It's going to be a very good card, in my opinion. Let's let's do this final segment. Uh, We'll talk about some AEW and end this. We'll have our shut up Tony moment of the day. Um, but let's talk about, you know, the big news in AEW. And a lot of it revolves around Soraya. Soraya, however, who gives a fuck how the name's pronounced? At least I'm not calling you Paige. I can call you Paige. Like, people complain, you're saying her name wrong. I could call her Paige, because that's what I know her by. Um, but, uh, but I'm going to be respectful. Soraya, Soraya, who the fuck cares how I say it? Like, really, who the fuck cares? Um, she comes out, and this is really, like, the big talking point from, from this past uh, Dynamite on Wednesday, right? She comes out, she does her first promo in years, and I understand it's her first promo in years, but she, there's three different points. Uh, or is it three, or is it two? Oh, yeah, three. So, the first minor one is she calls Tony Storm. The greatest women's champion in AEW history, which is just a lie, but it's also disrespectful. Come on now. She hasn't been champion all that fucking long. She's an interim champion. And Britt Baker, I would even put Nyla and Riho as better than Tony Storm at this point in terms of run- Sheeta, right? If I was Britt, if I was Sheeta, Nyla Rose, Riho, I would be pissed because you just basically said we weren't good enough and that Tony Storm is somehow the best champion ever and she just won the title like what a, no less than a month ago it's it's crazy it's crazy that's the first little blunder the second one is she she slurred, stumbled on her words and instead of she was intending to say you know I was a, revol- a I was the revolution over there meaning WWE I'll be the revolution here cuz I am the revolution but instead she what came out of her mouth was I was the revolution here I'm going to be the revolution here because I'm the revolution. Now, first off, what does this mean? What does I am the revolution? What does that mean? You haven't p- competed in a ring in damn near two and a half years. Um, what does it mean that I am the revolution? It means nothing. It's just a bunch of jibber jabber. But, but But at the end of the day, when she realized that her promo wasn't getting over... She does what people always do when they come to AEW. What, what are the AEW fans? What is the IWC? What are, what's going to make them pop? I'm going to take a shot at WWE. I finally have a boss that will listen to me. <sighs> Look, that may be true. Vince may not have listened to you and given, your, given you any creative freedom, or may not have listened to you when you gave ideas. That may be true. But guess what? You know what Vince McMahon did? He paid you for years to sit at home and do nothing because you were medically uncleared to wrestle. And he still had you on the payroll. What? Because he didn't let you do Twitch? Go cry me a fucking river. You know how much I would love to sit at home and make thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars Millions of dollars, maybe. I don't even know what she was getting paid at WWE. Doesn't matter. Right. You know how much I would have loved to sit at home and not have to go to work and still get paid as if I went to work? And then instead of releasing you, continued to pay you after you were medically uncleared and kept you on the payroll until your contract went out even though in your run in WWE you were one of the biggest HR and PR nightmares in the last 10 years I mean Vince's stuff is bad but I mean this is sex tape released charged with domestic violence uh, the whole domestic shit with uh, Del Rio and the drugs and all of that shit uh, I repeat, the sex tape got released. No wonder she likes Tony Storm. They could both be on OnlyFans together. I uh, just. And then you wonder, right? And, and let's just be honest. None of your your NXT title run meant nothing. It wasn't really important. Your Your Divas title run meant nothing. Right? You weren't the revolution in WWE. Right, you were, you know, fifth. You were fifth or sixth on the title poll, because you had Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey. I'd even like to say that AJ, while the little bit she was there while you were on the main roster, was higher than you, and even the Bellas were higher than you on your run there. Right, you weren't top shit. You were mid card at best, and you got this cult following from the IWC. You yes, she be, I've said this before. She belongs in AEW. But 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 consistently, aid former WWE competitors go to AEW in their first promo always has that shot at WWE. And it's becoming a thing now with like it was cool when Vince ran WWE. But Trips is now running WWE and People aren't liking the shots being taken at WWE because Triple H has made it cool to watch WWE again. It's not Vince controlling, it is Triple H. And so it's cool to watch WWE again. And so I think a lot of these fans are like, whoa, 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 calm down. Because it didn't, like she didn't get the pop that people, like I saw something, I think it was Paige's brother, and um... Said that he got a, she got a Road Warriors pop when she when she debuted. Which, come on, pause the brakes for a minute. It's a little bit premature to say it was a Road Warriors pop. She got a, somewhat of a pop, right? People, right? But Paige, Tony listens to you now because you're the shiny new toy in the toy chest. Wait three months when he gets the new shiny toys, and he's gonna put you off to the side, and you'll be on dark every week. Oh, but she'll be able to do Twitch. <laughs> okay, if that's if that's what you take from it. Now, last two things. Last two things. I promise you, both have to do with Tony Khan, and uh, this is our shut up Tony segment. So the first one, um, isn't like necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way Tony Khan went about doing it. So we all know Hurricane Ian struck Florida this week. And my prayers go to everyone involved. Uh, here in North Carolina, I think most of it's gone and dissipated. But we were getting strong winds and rains today. Um, that was sort of left over as it sort of went through Florida, went back into the Atlantic, hit South Carolina, and came through North Carolina. right? Um, Tony Khan um, made a message Monday night. At about 11 p.m., a tweet to all employees of AW who may have missed the email: You're not required to come to TV, right? Basically, saying you don't have to come to work if you get stuck or whatever. There's no obligation to show up. Which, first, on the in its essence, I commend. Excuse me, I commend him. Good job, Tony. You're not forcing your people to come to work in bad situations. I commend you. Here's where it falls flat for me. Did you? I'm assuming you sent them the email during business hours. Your wrestlers, like as a wrestler, your job is to check your right, especially like I said, AEW is a glorified house show, indie show. You're checking your bookings every single day. I would assume that they wouldn't miss the email. And here's my second thing. If you're missing an email from your boss to your work email, even if it was like a personal email, and you're missing an email from your boss, do you you really think that they're going to check his tweets at 11 o'clock at night? I don't know about that, Tony. I don't know. This just seemed to me that Tony Khan wanted to make this tweet so he looked like the good boss. He was the good boss, right? But he wanted it out in public. He wanted the dirt sheets and the news companies and, and everyone talking about the fact that Tony Khan, he's the good boss. Everyone should love Tony Khan. This was all PR to me. This was all PR to me. Um, And so... But what it also did was, if the show flopped, and the ratings flopped, and people didn't enjoy the show, it built in an excuse. Well, we the hurricane caused a lot of people to not show up. Like, if the main players didn't show up, if they were having to basically do an episode of Dark on live TV, and use like a ragtag bunch of crew, yeah, right. That gave him a built-in excuse. I gave them the day off because of the hurricane, right? I'm the good boss, right? I did what I needed to do and it cost our show to to be a ragtag bunch of crew. Hold, like, stay with us, right? But that's all I'll talk about that. I just, I think there's better ways to, right? If you emailed them, depending on when you emailed them, again, I'm assuming it's during business hours, but if you were so concerned that they would have missed the email, like every company I've ever worked for, has had some sort of group messaging chat or my managers would text me important information. It wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like hey go check social media cuz the boss has spoken. You just don't conduct business that way. Business doesn't need to be made public unless you want it to be a PR stunt. I don't know, this is my take on it. And then the final thing, this is really where I want to tell Tony to shut up. Is he made a tweet today defending his booking of having three promo, three long promo section. God forbid we have promos on the show when we don't have 12 matches. God forbid. And so he he made a tweet talking about how he had a super card and these promos were necessary um, coming out of the supercard that they had for Grand Slam. Here's my thing. Shut up, Tony. Stop trying to be the best friends with the fans. They don't know what the fuck they want. Stop booking for the fans. Book for what makes sense for business. Book, book for what makes sense in storyline. Because the fans don't know what the fuck they want. It changes on the dime. You give them the acclaimed as, world, as tag team champions and three months, they're not going to give a fuck about the acclaimed. When the scissor me gayness falls away and people aren't really entertained by it anymore, they're not going to care about the acclaimed. When the new shiny tag team shows up or when the bucks are back, are they really going to care about the acclaimed? Book for what makes sense for business and you don't have to defend yourself to the fucking marks who are bitching because God forbid we got promos. God forbid we're trying to tell stories here, Tony. That's the business you're in. God forbid that you actually make an entertaining show for once, Tony. And don't just put on 12 matches that are the same acrobatic shit. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to defend yourself, Tony. If your booking decision is we're going to have three long promo segments, guess what? That's your booking. That's good for you. (sighs) Like you don't have to, I don't understand why you try to defend it. Like you don't have to defend your booking. Just continue to book. Stop trying to please, and this isn't the first business that he's done this for. From what I've heard, I'm not a soccer fan, especially like European soccer. But if you don't know, the cons own Fulham FC. And from what I've heard is that he runs Fulham the same way he runs AEW and he's trying to listen to the fans, which makes a worse team. Because the fans don't know jack shit. The fans don't know what they want, Tony. They think they do, but then they change it when you give it to them. <laughs> I I don't know what else to say about. It. I'm trying to actually find my I made a comment on this on on Facebook. I'm trying to find it. Um Yeah, right here. I said this is what I said. He doesn't have to explain to the fans why he did what he did. The fans only care about what they want, not what is best for business. The fans only care about what will make them happy, right? For me, you know what I... So I think of wrestling a little differently. I, my favorite wrestler is Dolph Ziggler. You know what would make me the most happy? If Dolph Ziggler was world champion. But you know what doesn't make sense at this moment in time? Dolph Ziggler being fucking world champion. My favorite woman a wrestler on the planet... I wouldn't say on the planet. on WWE's roster my favorite for well was Mandy. And so right and so she's good where she's at but let's think main roster. Let's think mid main roster. My favorite was Liv Morgan at the at the moment. Um it was a tie between Liv and um shit, who else do I like on main roster? I mean I like Bianca um but let's just go with Liv. Like and it blew my like it, it made me super happy. I marked the fuck out when Liv won the title. But you know what's not best for business right now? Liv Morgan being champion, at least in this current form of Liv. The more extreme Liv, I'm falling in love with again. Um, but like I, Dakota Kai right now, I would say is my. You know what doesn't make sense? Dakota Kai being in the world title picture because she's part of a faction. She's part of a tag team, right? I like Raquel. I like Sha- I like a lot of the women on the roster, to be honest. Right. My favorite tag team on the roster outside of the Usos would probably be Street Profits. And while they deserve gold at this moment, there's really no storyline. And so for me, the declaring Street Profits should be champion wouldn't make no fucking sense because there's no storyline behind that. Right. Stop trying to book the show. You're the fan. Play your part. Let the bookers book. Quit complaining about what is on TV. Like, do you guys, if you, some people might do this, but do you guys watch television and complain about the plot in the television? If you do, you're fucking weird. Because that's not your job. Your job is to sit there and enjoy the show. And if you don't enjoy it, turn it the fuck off. Tony, you don't have to defend yourself here, right? Book the way you want to book. You don't have to give a reason on Twitter. Who cares what the IWC thinks? Who cares what the, the diehards think? That they didn't get their 12 matches with 18,000 flips. God forbid we do promo storytelling, right? So we'll end this by saying... Shut the fuck up, Tony. Stop talking. Run your mouth less. Run your mouth less. Run the back. Write the checks. Do the booking. Stay the fuck off of social media. Someone else, I saw it somewhere that said basically if Tony would just stop running his mouth every time someone claps back at him. Or someone doesn't like his programming. If he would just stay quiet, it would make him a whole lot likable. And that is exactly my thought. That is exactly my thought on Tony Khan. Because I didn't hate Tony Khan. Or I don't even hate him. I didn't dislike Tony Khan. Um, until he started running his mouth every two weeks. And it's it's kind of a good thing because it gives me something to talk about. But at the same thing, it's, it's annoying. Just, shh, just be quiet. You don't have to clap back every time someone gets mad at you. You don't have to respond... Every time someone tweets at you that all oh, the show sucked tonight. Just let it be, Tony. Let the haters hate. Do your thing. Right? Well, that's where we'll end this. This has been another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Let me know what you think. Follow me on TikTok and Twitter at We2Deep413. That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P 413. Again, this is another. This has been an episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Whether you're listening on Spotify or uh, any of the locate Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening from, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.